Miracles. I, I want to say we need miracles. We still serve a miracle-working God. God has not given up or stopped His power. His power is just as necessary and needed today as we have ever needed God's power. You know, recently uh, we heard the report from uh, Charlie and Tina that they went into a brand new area uh, that they had not been able to get into, and they prayed for an individual who was very sick, and God instantly healed that individual instantly healed that individual, so much so that the whole town saw and recognized that God had done a miracle. And God just opened up the entire town. They welcomed them in. Uh, Literally a hundred people in that village have gotten saved. And now they've started a church, all because God did a sovereign miracle. And that has been happening for several thousand years. God has used signs and wonders at the hands of his servants, to be a witness to the lives of people. So we need miracles for the unsaved. We need the unsaved to know that we serve a miracle-working God and that he's not a dead God. He is a live God. He lives today. Our God lives. He's not a God who died and was buried and that was it. He's a God who came and died for us was buried, raised from the dead, and he lives today. And he's still in the miracle-working business. And today, we want to talk about how do miracles happen? How does this work? Well, I want to share with you from my heart. I want to share with you what the Lord has put on my heart. You know, this is a difficult message to preach and to prepare for. Uh, I, I asked my wife, this last week, I said, can you remember a time in the 38 years we've been here that I preached the message on praying for miracles? Now, I've talked about it a lot, but not a whole message. So I really sought the Lord this week and said, Lord, what do you have to say? And a couple of weeks ago, when we started this series, uh, Supernatural Series, we talked about principles of God's power. So we want to incorporate some of those principles, but What I want to share with you is I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about how we can see God's miracles working in our midst, because we need it. There's some of you here today, you need a miracle of God, whether financial or physical or spiritual or emotional, we need God's miracle-working power. What is a miracle? It is God doing something that only God can do, that supersedes the laws of nature, that, that does what man cannot do, that God does a supernatural thing. So I want to share with you four principles that God has put on my heart. The very first one, and that is that our faith must be in God's faithfulness. Our faith must be in God's faithfulness. Now, I say that very specifically in that way for a reason. You know, if, if you knew me uh, 45 years ago, before I met my wife, before we were here, I, I just want to say to you that I was Im- unbalanced, that I did not have very good balance in my life. Uh, I had gotten saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. I was excited. But I started listening to a lot of people that were emphasizing faith 
And what I found was I found myself listening to people who were saying basically that if you had enough faith, God would do whatever you want him to do. And all of a sudden, without realizing it, and you, when you get into this and you listen to it and you think about it, you don't realize what's really happening. Because what happened was that you begin thinking that you're in charge of God. That God has to do what you say because of your great faith. It's like you pay the down payment and because you have enough faith, God has to do it. And I want to tell you, that's not true. That's just not true. God used several situations in my life. We had several dear friends that we were believing and praying for and had great faith that God would heal them and they died. And, you know, I, I just, it caused me to really search deep within my own heart and say, God, what are you saying to me? Explain to me what's going on. And, What happened was that God came and visited me and said, put away all the cassette tapes that you're listening to. Stop listening to all these guys. And he said, I want you to listen to me. And I began to listen to the Lord instead of whatever all the other preachers were saying. And God put a message on my heart. And it's a very simple message. In fact, it was one of the first messages that I preached when I came to Homa. And the title of it was Faith in Faith or Faith in God. And God showed me that everything about what God wants to do in our life has to do with His faithfulness. And our emphasis, our focus, because it's true. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to have faith if we're going to see God do miracles. Uh, Hebrews 11 Verse 1 and 2, it tells us this. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Through faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. It goes on to describe all the amazing things that happened because of faith. But look at verse 6. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. But this is what I want you to understand. God is not pleased when we think we can be in charge of God because of our big faith. That does not please God. And the truth of it is, is that it's not determined by the bigness of our faith. It's determined by the bigness of our God. The faithfulness of God. Our faith must be towards or focused on His faithfulness. So if you and I, and and I'm including all of us, it's not just the preachers, not just the pastors who want to pray for miracles. God wants every one of you praying for miracles. Young people, teenagers, children. He wants the whole body of Christ praying and believing for miracles. So if we're going to pray for miracles... Understand and have your focus on His faithfulness. His faithfulness. That He is a faithful God. That God does amazing things, but it's because of His faithfulness. It's because He is an amazing God. The second thing I want us to understand about, and this kind of goes along with faith, and that is 
Not only must our faith be in His faithfulness, our faith needs to be in His mercy. That puts us in a place of humility to see God and to know that He is a merciful God. I want to tell you an experience that happened in my life. And this this has to do with a verse in the Bible. It's Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18 and 19. Uh, Just to give you a little uh, background. Now, you can see the verse there. It says, Moses responded. Well, let me tell you what he's responding to. Uh, Moses and God are having a talk. They're they're talking about uh, whether Moses is going to continue. And God has said to Moses, he said, listen, I'm going to go with you. My presence is going to go with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to go with you into the promised land. They'd already been through a lot of terrible and difficult things. And, and Moses' response was simple, and that is, Lord, if you don't go with me, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not leaving this place. And then here's the interesting thing. Moses says, show me your glory. Now, haven't you and haven't we all said that to God? God, show me your glory. Show me your miracles. Show me your power. Show me that you are a glorious God. And that's what Moses asked God. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. That's what he's asking. God has just said, I'm going to go with you. My presence is going to go with you. And he says, Lord, let me see it. Now, I had never really thought a lot about this verse 19. But it became a very special verse to me. And I'm going to read it closely. The Lord replied, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose. And I will show compassion to anyone I choose. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but don't you think that's a little unusual answer to the question, Lord, Lord, show me your presence, show me your glory? It's It's almost like God wants to talk about something else. Moses says, show me your glorious presence. And God says, I will make my goodness pass before you and I'll call out my name, Yahweh, before you. And then he says, interesting, because Moses didn't talk about mercy and compassion. But God says, I will show mercy to whom I will choose to show mercy. And I will show compassion to whom I will show compassion. And in a particular situation, God used that verse because I had been meditating on it, thinking about it, trying to figure out what is, he, what is God saying there. The Lord spoke to me and he said, when praying for miracles, appeal to my mercy, for I am a merciful God. What is the situation? Well, I, we were in Mexico. Clyde was with us. My wife was with us. We were in Mexico on a mission trip. This is before Charlie and Tina were in Mexico. 
we were in a little town uh, in, in the middle of nowhere called Agua Fria. It was on the side of a mountain. There was no running water. There was no electricity. It was a very primitive village. They lived there. And, and all the people lived in this village on the side of the hill. Uh, there were just mud huts uh, that they lived in. And we were there with two missionaries, uh, Valerie and Leland Hodges. Uh, we wanted to go there and, again, try and minister to the people. Well, we were there, and the people of the village heard a visiting preacher was there from the United States. And there was a man who was very sick. In fact, he was on the death there, his deathbed. And he got word to our missionary, Leland, and said, I want the visiting preacher to come and pray for me. And if he will come pray for me, I will be healed. And I said, they relayed that to me. And I said, well, what has he got? What's the problem? He said, he has horse disease. I said, okay, what is that? I never heard of horse disease. That was a term they used there. And he said, well, he has sores, huge red uh, sores from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head all over his body. He had had that for over a year, almost two years. Uh, he had not been out of his bed as it was really just a mat. He hadn't moved or been out of his mat in over a year. And the doctors had given up on him. And basically, they believed he would soon die. And, and the missionary brother Leland said, Brother Nay, they believe that if you will come and pray for him, he will be healed. Now, I want to tell you, I had no faith. The more they described how bad it was, my faith was going down, not going up. I was thinking, you know, this guy's he's on his deathbed, you know, and I, I'm thinking, I, what can I do? And, and so I said, okay, I'll go. I thought, well, I have to lose, you know, and, and I'm going to go and I'm going to pray. And... When I walked into this mud hut room, dirt floor, and it was just a mat on the floor. It was just just uh, blankets. There he was, and I, it was the most amazing, horrible sight I've ever seen. It was just covered in sores. It was gross. And his wife spoke in Spanish and said he would like the pastor to lay hands on him. And pray for him. And my question was, is he contagious? You know, he's got these gross-looking boils and sores all over his body. And I'm thinking, I'm not really excited about laying hands on him. Uh, you know, and, I, and so I asked the missionary, I said, is this contagious? They said, nobody really knows. And his wife said, we don't think so. And I thought, you know, I'd like a little more confirmation about this. Uh so this was one of those come-to-Jesus moments for me. Uh, and the missionary's looking at me, and I'm saying, Lord, what do I do? Right there, as you're taking that moment, preachers, you know what I'm talking about. You're taking a moment to pray about what you're going to do, what you're going to say. Exodus thirty-three nineteen came alive to me. It was right there at that moment that the Spirit of God spoke to me as clearly 
as he has ever spoken to me. And he said, when praying for miracles, appeal to my mercy, for I am a merciful God. So it was not based on my great faith, I guarantee you. I had no faith. No faith. I believed he was a faithful God. And so when I prayed, and yes, I did. I laid hands on him. I just prayed, Lord, cover my hands and protect my hands. And I laid hands on him on his forehead. And I prayed for him. And the way I prayed was, God, you're a faithful God. And you're a merciful God. And I appeal to your mercy, oh God. You are a merciful. And I began to declare the mercy of God and the compassion of God upon this man. Not because I believe and I receive, but no, God, your mercy. Be merciful to this man. He's the breadwinner of this home. His family, his wife, his children needed him up and and working. They needed him. It was a desperate situation. And I... And I, I would like to tell you that I felt thunder and lightning and the whole house shook and he jumped up, but he didn't. He just stayed right there. I washed my hands off uh, as soon as I got outside and I just said, Lord, it's in your hands. And we were scheduled to leave the next day. So we're on our way to a two-day trip. Back then we drove all the way to Guadalajara. And so we made it halfway, and, and we were driving back, and we got a phone call from the missionary. He said, Brother Renee, overnight, the man's sores all cleared up. And he got up the next morning out of his mat and sat down and ate a meal. And he's looking forward to going back to work. Instant Well, I guess it wasn't instant. It was overnight. But sovereignly, a miracle of God. And ever since then, I've seen God do a lot of amazing things. But I want to say to you, when you are praying for miracles, not only focus on His faithfulness, focus on His mercy. Because I want to say, there are going to be times you pray for people and pray for miracles. You don't have any faith. It just looks impossible. So I want to encourage you. Pray for his mercy. Pray for his compassion. That's what God said. Moses wanted to see God's glory. And God spoke to Moses and said, I will show mercy to who I will show mercy. What is God saying? Based on his decision and his decision alone, he will show mercy. In other words, God is in charge. God is the one who decides whether he will show mercy or not and whether he will show us his glorious presence. We are not in charge of God's miracles. God is in charge of showing his mercy. We put ourselves in the place where we say, God, you are faithful. Lord, be merciful, O Lord. And we talked a couple of weeks ago. One of the things that, that where God's power works is we are desperate. God, I am desperate. And we appeal to his mercy. God, I need you. The third thing I want us to see about praying for miracles, and that is miracles happen when God's presence moves in. Miracles happen when God's presence 
moves in. It's interesting to me that Jesus recognized that the presence of the Holy Spirit invites miracle-working power. You might remember this several times this happened. But one particular incident, it's in Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse 23 through 26. When Jesus arrived at the official's home, he saw the noisy crowd and heard the funeral music. Get out, he told them. The girl isn't dead. She's just only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him. Look what Jesus did. After the crowd was what? Put outside, however, Jesus went in and took the girl by the hand and she stood up. He hadn't even prayed yet. (laughs) He hadn't even said anything yet. The report of this miracle swept through the entire countryside. Before he ever said a word. It's interesting. And this is what I want to say to you. When we're praying for miracles, believing for miracles, we need to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. To desire the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus did whatever was necessary. He wasn't particularly worried about their lack of faith. I've heard preachers say, oh, it was their lack of faith that did it. No. He just wanted the atmosphere to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wanted that atmosphere to be so that the working of the Holy Spirit could work and move. And he, he didn't even have to speak. The report that we have here is he just, as soon as the crowd was out, he just walked in and took her hand and she stood up. That's power. That's miracle working power. And it is the welcoming of the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because when His presence moves in, and all week, I don't know, I hope you've been joining me in praying, but all week I've been praying for God's presence to move into this service. That even as I'm preaching, the presence of the Holy Spirit would just settle in on this place. So that when we begin to pray for miracles, that God would do amazing and miraculous things that only He can do. And we need to understand. And you say, well, how do I know what to do? I just This is where we rely upon the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit what you can do to welcome His presence. And in this case, it was just a simple story of getting rid of all the noisy people. And it was the welcoming of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was there. The Holy Spirit was with him. And sometimes you just have to say, Lord, what do I need to do? And God will show and direct us and give us wisdom. The last thing I want to say to you, and that is miracles happen when God's people are thankful. And, you know, Brother Bud mentioned uh, gratefulness, thankfulness. And I, I really am. I'm so thankful. So thankful for all the things God has done in my life. And I never, ever believe that I'm worthy of everything God has done. 
How many times I drive up to this church and I say, Lord, how did this happen? How did you do this? I don't drive up and say, oh, look what I've done. I think, oh, God, that's impossible. And then I look back and see all the things God has done in our life. And we talk about this, my wife and I. It's just amazing. And gratefulness is a part of my life. But I want to tell you, miracles happen when people are grateful. It's amazing. And another story. This is one in the book of Luke, chapter 17. Kind of a, a pretty neat story. Chapter 17 of Luke, it says, And Jesus continued toward Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us! Of course, they couldn't get close because they had leprosy. And he looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priest. It's here again. He didn't even pray for them, Lord, heal them. He just said, Go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. So they weren't cleansed until they went in obedience. They were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, so they all ten of them turned, and they started heading to the priest to tell him, because that under the law, that was required to go show yourself to the priest so you could be declared clean again and so you could join the rest of the population. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! <laughs> Hallelujah! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Interesting. He was a Samaritan. The others were probably all Jews. And Jesus said, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And some of the translations say, made you completely well. Think about that just for a moment. All ten, were. it says they were cleansed of their leprosy. What does that mean? That means the sores on the outside went away. But one man was made completely well. You see, sometimes we have the symptoms on the outside. And then sometimes you have the problems on the inside that cause the symptoms on the outside. And the one who is grateful and willing to be vocally thankful, they were made completely whole. And sometimes the real problem needs to be dealt with on the inside. And this one man, who was cleansed on the outside, like the others, he was made completely well. And I just want to say to you that there are some people here in this room, if you will learn to be grateful, hey, we can all complain. (laughs) You can all find something to complain about. But God does not like a complaining person. In fact, I don't like complaining people. And you probably don't like complaining people. Every time you get around somebody, all they do is complain. You don't like it. may not have the courage to say it, but the truth is you don't like being around them. 
Don't be a complaining person. Be like this leper who was cleansed and was grateful and thankful and was willing to speak it out loud. An important part. Loudly speaking it, declaring it, falling on his knees, thanking God, thanking Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did. And he said, because you did this, you've been made completely well. So I want to say this. What do you have to lose (laughs) by praying for miracles? One of my favorite stories today in the Old Testament is four lepers. Elisha had told the king they were under siege by the Armenian army and had been under siege for several months. And they were starving to death. Everybody was about to give up. And Elisha said, by the word of the Lord, tomorrow a barrel or a bushel of wheat is going to be cheap. It's just going to take a small amount of money to buy a bushel of wheat. And the servant of the king said, even if the windows of heaven open up, that'll never happen. There's no way. And Elisha said, it is going to happen. You're never going to see it. You're never going to get to enjoy it. So the story switches to four lepers. And they're outside the city gate. They're, hey, they're starving to death just like everybody else. They can't go in the city because they're lepers. And these four lepers got together and had a leper committee. And they came to a decision. And one of them, real brilliant guy, he said, hey, guess what? If we stay right here at the city gates, we're going to die. Guaranteed. We're starving to death. If we go into the city, there's no food there, so we're going to die in there. So, if we go to the Armenian army, we might die, but there's a possibility. There's a possibility that they might take us in and feed us and we'll live. So, what do you think, guys? We have nothing to lose. You know, you know what happened? They headed to the Armenian camp. And meanwhile, God had sent the sound of thousands of chariots to the Armenian army. They got scared and ran all the way back left everything they owned, all the food and everything they had, they left it right there. And the four lepers walked into the camp and they said, man, I never saw so much food in my whole life. Cool. Look at this, man. And it says they ate everything they could and they went and hid a bunch. And then they ate a bunch more and went and hid that. And then they said, you know, this is not right, guys. We ought to go back and tell everybody that's starving to death. You know, we ought, we ought to really tell them about this. So they go back, they tell and tell a steward. They can't go in and talk to the king. They tell the steward, and the steward said, that's impossible. It's a trap. If we go out and try and get this, they're going to come in and they're going to kill us all. And the steward finally said to the king, said, you know, king, we ought to really go check it out. Send five chariots. Just see. That way if they do, if it's a trap, they'll just kill five guys. You know. 
So the five guys, they send the five chariots out there, and they see the trail of clothes all the way to the river where they're running for their life. And they see all the food and everything. They can't believe it. And and they come back to the king, and they say, King, you're not going to believe this. Man, the army's long gone. And there's food like you wouldn't believe. Food and barley and wheat, it's everywhere. The riches, they've left everything. And the king said to the steward, who had said it would never happen, he put him in traffic control at the gate of the city to have an organized exit to go get the food. And guess what happened? They trampled him to death. And just like Elisha said... You'll never get to enjoy it. But what I want to bring attention to is those four lepers said, what do we have to lose? And I want to say to you about praying for miracles. What do you have to lose? Well, what if God doesn't do the miracle? Well, you're no worse off. It's like the leper said, I'm going to die here, I'm going to die there, I might die there, I might as well. What do you have to lose? Why not believe God is a miracle working God? Why not believe that He is a faithful God? Why not believe that He is a God full of compassion? Why not put yourself out there on the limb? Okay, what if it makes you look bad and it doesn't come through? So what? You're still no worse off. And if you will begin to trust God, believe God. It's one reason we pray for people every week. I had a visiting pastor. He said, Brother Nay, he said, every week you pray for needs. Every week. He said, We don't do that at our church. We only do that every once in a while. I said, Well, We like to do it every week. And the reason is, we see God do amazing things. Why not? What do we have to lose? We have everything to gain. Everything to gain. And this is what I would like you to do. I'd like you to join your faith with me today. Now, Who is going to pray for miracles? Same counselors and prayer counselors, pastors and staff that pray every week. Because, see, I believe the Spirit of God can move through anyone. I don't believe you have to be this person that has this certain anointing. Truth of it is, God can do miracles through every person. If you'll set your heart to focus on miracles believe him God can use you so I'm going to ask my prayer counselors and staff just to come up here to the front and we're going to pray for miracles And but any needs you have just like we have at a prayer time and we're going to pray and believe God and I'd like to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit 
the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to encourage you to believe with me that God would do a supernatural thing. So if you would, would you stand to your feet and come and let us pray for you? If you need God to do a miracle this morning, if you need God to do something amazing in your life, maybe in your marriage, in your home, maybe financially, maybe you need a healing in your body, whatever it is, I'd like you just to come and let us agree with you in prayer and and believe that God is a miracle-working God. God, I ask you for your presence to fall fresh upon us this morning, Lord. We welcome the presence and power of the Holy Spirit this morning. We welcome your mercy, O God. We thank you, the Lord, that you are a merciful and compassionate God. O God, show up in mighty power, Lord. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Open blind eyes. Heal the lame, Lord. If you have cancer, I'd like to pray for you. If you have a serious illness, I'd like for you to come down and let us pray for you. If doctors have said you have an impossible situation, I'd like you to come and let us pray for you in the name of Jesus. And I know there are a lot of people lined up. We have a lot of... Just be patient with us if you would. And if you're out there and you're believing, just... Again, stretch out your hand in faith with us and believe that miracles are happening here at this altar. Believe with us that God would do an amazing thing in the name of Jesus.
today. Lord, I thank you that in the days to come, we will hear report after report after report of how you showed up this morning and miracles happened. Lives were changed. Bodies were healed. Marriages were restored. Lord, we believe that you are a miracle working God. And Lord, as we have prayed and focused on your faithfulness, on your mercy, on your power, on your ability, as we have welcomed your presence, Lord, you have done amazing things. Lord, you receive all the glory and the honor. It was not the people who prayed. Lord, it is you. You receive all honor, all glory, all majesty. To you be all glory and honor. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Thank you for being here today. Amen. Praise God. Lord bless you.